Do you want to come up and I'll pray for you, Mike? Oh, thank uh, you. And then we can crack on with that. Thank you. Yeah, Lord. So we just lift up Mike to you. We just pray that you speak through him. We pray that you give him the words that we need to hear. We pray as he talks to us about gifts and about our giftings, Lord. We just pray that we'll hear uh, about what, what you've given us and what we can use to serve you and to glorify you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So I've got a question as I begin. You know, what's the best gift you've ever received? What's the best thing anyone has ever given you? I don't know what you'd say. I, I was thinking about this, and this is probably one of the best things I've ever been given. It's this thing. I don't know what you know what it was. I got this on my 30th birthday. Uh, James and Janie Cronin gave it to me. I was living with them in London, and uh, they gave it to me, and I thought, wow, I don't know what that is. So I opened it up, and... Um, it's actually, okay. Don't know what that's called, but it's one of those things. Um, and there's oil paints, there's paint brushes, there's charcoal, there's these, there's these wooden things, um, there's brushes, there's, um, I think that's like a pen and ink thing, calligraphy thing maybe. And I just thought, wow, that is amazing, what an amazing gift. Would you want that? I thought, that's amazing. And my twin sister was with me at the time. She said, Mike, that is amazing what you've got in that box. You could do so much with it. You can paint, you can create, you can bring color, you can do, I mean, it's amazing what you can do with that. Thing is, that was on my 30th. I've never used it. I've never, I've never used it at all. It's all stayed in the box. And I, I want to tell you uh, that because we're thinking about Moses and I'm thinking about gifts. And I want to uh, get us to think about our gifts. You see, Moses um, actually is this extraordinary person. And basically, you know, he, he nearly didn't find the purposes of God because, as you'll remember, he was born at a time of ethnic cleansing. His mum floated him down a river so that he wouldn't get killed by the Egyptians. He was an Israelite. And he's taken into Pharaoh's palace. Pharaoh's daughter looks after him. And basically, he has this amazingly privileged upbringing, excellent education, extraordinary stuff. But he's an Israelite in Egypt. And uh, he, he feels uh, bad because his people are being oppressed. And one day, when he's, a, he, he's about 40, I don't know how old you are, but he was about 40, he sees an Egyptian uh, mistreating an Israelite, so he goes and kills him. Literally just goes and kills him. And he thinks he's got away with it, but then he runs. He realizes people know what he's done, so he runs into the desert. And he stays in the desert, and he stays there for 40 years, just there. <laughs> and then he's, as we saw last week, he just sees this bush, and he thinks, oh, that's interesting. And the bush seems to be burning, but it's, it's not burning up. And basically, he has this encounter with God. And God speaks to him and basically says to him, Moses, I know you've been nowhere for 40 years. I know, I know you've, you've been absolutely in the desert, but um, I'm calling you to do something extraordinary. I'm calling you to do something extraordinary. And I'm looking at chapter 3. I'm looking at verse 10, and it says this. So, now go, Moses. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Wow, that is the big call, isn't it? 
I, I've been nowhere for 40 years. Do you want me to lead the people out of Egypt? And the thing is, uh, God knew Moses. He loved Moses. He'd given him everything he needed. He'd given him a box full of amazing things to just express and bring. And um, he had called him to do something very, very significant. And believe it or not, uh, he's called me, he's called you, he loves you, he delights in you, he knows you, he knows your name, and he has called you to do something extraordinary, and he's gifted you, he's put a whole lot of stuff in your box, and uh, basically he's calling you to uh, actually step out, follow Jesus, and um, you know, live this life of significance. How's it going? How's it going? How's... Uh, you're following God going. Now, I want to just express the importance of this because actually Jesus, you see, wants us to have life and life to the full. Have you heard lots of talks on gifts? Maybe you have if you've been a Christian a while. But actually, ultimately, it's about living well and finding life. And I love what Steve said. He said, Jesus says that I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. And so, John Tyson, he's a, he's a church planter in New York. Uh, he writes this, and I'm trying to frame this so we get the importance of this. The call of Jesus is not just about morality or doctrine, religious performance or outreach. It's about living well. It's about learning to live in his way in the world, the way that produces the fruit of the spirit in our lives and the fruit of the kingdom as a preview of the life to come. So are you living well? Are you living well? If you're going to live well, you're going to have to open the box and not ignore the box. And you're going to have to express uh, your gifts. And it's so easy not to open the box. I didn't open this box for 20 years. Uh, but it's costly if we don't open the box. And there's this author on this next slide. He writes this, uh, William Irvin. He's into Stoic philosophy, but he says this. And I hope, I hope this will frame what I want to say tonight. There is a danger that you will mislive. That despite all your activity, despite all the pleasant diversions you might have enjoyed while alive, you'll end up living a bad life. There is, in other words, the danger that when you are on your deathbed, you'll look back and realize that you wasted your one chance at living. Instead of spending your life pursuing something genuinely valuable, you squandered it because you allowed yourself to be distracted by the various baubles life has to offer. So many baubles, uh, so many things that can distract us from living well, from following Christ, from opening the box, expressing who we are, walking in our calling and gifts. And we can end up um, with a gap between what God is calling us uh, to be and, and where we actually end up or where we are. There's often a gap. One final quote. Can you bear another quote? I know I'm doing lots of quotes. Can you bear another quote? Okay, the final thing. David Brooks, this is a good book, The Road to Character. He writes this. So, you follow your desires wherever they take you and you approve of yourself so long as you're not obviously hurting anyone else. You figure that if the people around you seem to like you, you must be good enough. In the process, you end up slowly turning yourself into something a little less impressive than originally you'd hoped. A humiliating gap opens up between your actual self and your desired self. That's what happens. The gap happens when we don't open the box. 
Are you with the box analogy? I just need to check you with the box. Does everyone get the box analogy? Because it's going to be really bad if you don't. That's just not going to go well. So we get the box analogy. What's amazing about St. Saviour's is that the, the people in this church open the box and they use what they've been given from God. They express their gifts. And it's amazing what you guys are doing. But I want to just remind you, I want to challenge you to dig deeper into the box tonight. So, you know, you're doing amazing stuff, but I want to hopefully challenge you to do more because basically you can always just keep the box shut. And this is a danger for Moses. And so I want to just look at Moses' reaction. I don't know what your reaction is to this life of significance right now. Be honest. What are you thinking? I'm gifted. I'm called. I'm loved. I'm called to do something significant. What are you feeling in your heart? What's in your head, your mind? Moses, you see, wasn't convinced. And basically, he has a number of reactions that I think I've had myself, and I'm sure some of you may have had. And the first is, in light of this call, he feels pretty uh, insecure about the whole thing. So in verse 11 of uh, chapter 3, he says this, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? You know, I'm me. You know, it's, it's a joke. I can't do anything. I can't lead these people. And often we're quite insecure about who we are and what we can bring. And there's, uh, I guess there's a humbleness to that. But then there's, there, there, there's an element of, guys, you know, God has given us so much. Uh, and, uh, and often we, don't, we feel insecure about it. Who am I? The thing is, it's clear in the New Testament that we as God's people, made in the image of God, are deeply and phenomenally gifted. And there's lots of passages in the New Testament about gifts. You know, there's 1 Corinthians 12, spiritual gifts. We're going to have a go at those later on. You know, prophecy, hearing God, miraculous powers. Let's give that a go. Uh, there's also Ephesians 4, the fivefold ministries, if you know that. Past, teach, prophet, evangelist, prophet, uh, apostle. Uh, there's, there's Romans 12, encouraging, serving. Um, there's other gifts, uh, 1 Peter 2 maybe. There's other lists of gifts. And if you look at the, the teaching in the Bible on gifts, this is what it effectively says. It says this, gifts come from God. They are uh, given to everyone. Uh, everyone has at least one gift. Um, we have different gifts. And actually, this isn't about striving or effort. They're gifts of grace, and they're empowered by God, and they're there to bless other people. So let me ask you, do you know what your gifts are? Do you, uh, are you trying to develop your gifts? Are you opening the box and saying, okay, God, you've given me all this stuff. I'm going to start painting. Or is the box shut? You know, I, I, I said to a group of people recently, do you feel you know your gifts? And no, most people didn't know their gifts. And uh, I say that with no condemnation. But in light of this, can I challenge you to, to think about what God has gifted you in, in this season of your life, and actually what he's calling you to step out into at this time of your life? And uh, that would be really important. We've put some questionnaires. I've put some gift identification questionnaires, gift resources in happening. And you can just do these things and start uh, thinking about it. So let me ask you, when God says to you, you're loved, you're called, you're gifted, I want you to make a massive difference in the world, do you feel insecure? Or do you say, 
yes, I'm up for this. I'll give it a go. I, I, I do think, who am I? But I'm going to have a go anyway. I hope you're going to have uh, a go. Now, I never opened this box. I was 50 this year. I was given this when I was 30. I had a sabbatical. That's a funny word. It means a bit of time off. So I had three months off. And I thought, well, I'm going to give a go drawing. I'm going to actually try. And I've always wanted to give it a go. So I'm actually going to... Um, um, you know, try drawing. And to be honest, I thought, who am I? I feel insecure about this. I'm not, I'm not a creative person. I've never done any drawing. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to open the box. I've had it for 20 years. I'm going to open the box, and I'm going to try drawing. And I want to show you some of my artwork this evening. <laughs> Would you come on an art odyssey with me tonight? Yeah. Are you keen? Yeah. Okay, so here's one of the first pictures I drew on my sabbatical. Okay, it's not great, is it? Let's, let's be honest. People are trying to be polite, but it's pretty terrible. Let's be honest, isn't it? And I was sitting in Waterstones. I'm sitting there, and I'm just having a coffee. I get a sketchbook. I start drawing, and this, I could see this guy looking at me. Oh, there's an artist drawing. <laughs> you know what it's like? Do you look at people when they're drawing stuff? I always go over and try and have a look. So he had a look. So he came over and had a look, looked at that, and he literally went, <laughs> walked off. But I opened the box. I, opened, I gave it a go. It's not great, but I'm really glad I opened the box. Do you want to see my next one? This is another masterpiece. Um, so I was missing the church about day two, day three. So I, I just stood in a telephone box for about three hours. You know the telephone box on the corner? And I thought, I've got this thing. I want to do urban street art, okay? <laughs> yeah? So I'm in the phone box for about three hours. Everyone thinks I'm a weirdo. You know, they're walking past like, who's that guy? Who, who goes in a phone box these days? Goodness sake. And I, and I drew that. Can you see where that is? I can't really. It's sort of that building over there. Is it good? It's not that good. I, I'm not proud of it, but I'm just being vulnerable tonight, you see, because I opened the box. I opened the box. And are you opening the box? You might feel a bit insecure does it matter? Can my ego take showing, me showing you my terrible drawings? It can. I'm opening the box. So that's the first thing, insecurity. The second thing Moses has to battle with, actually, and I think we often battle with this too, is, if I can find it, it is actually uh, a sense of, I don't know enough, ignorance. And uh, this is uh, chapter 3, verse 13. Moses said to God, well, you're calling me to lead these people out of here, but suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what's his name? Then what am I going to tell them? And it's like, well, I don't know enough. I, you know, who are you? I mean, I'm not an expert in this God stuff. I don't know enough. Uh, and to be fair to Moses, he's literally seen, he's heard his name called out from a bush. So to be fair, you know, he's, it is a bit weird. And so God tries to reassure him. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And God then explains a bit about him being, you know, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. But have you ever felt, I don't know enough? I can't do this. I feel God, you know, really wants, you remember M Moses' passion was to free his people. 
God hasn't said to him, Moses, you know you really want to do that. Go and do that opposite. <laughs> it's in line with who he is and his passions. But he's like, I don't know enough. I don't know you. I'm not spiritual enough. Do you ever feel that? But you see, you've got to just keep opening the box. Because actually, um, have you, how many sermons have you heard, roughly? Thousands, probably, hundreds, thousands, maybe. I know, I know some people have been around a long time. You know a lot. You know a lot more than Moses did. He was in the desert for 40, he never had a, is anyone in a group of any kind, like a triplet or a, or a pod, or where you sort of try and journey with God together? Anyone in one of those? Yeah, Moses had nothing. It was a tumbleweed. He knew nothing. If you ever sort of listened to a Christian podcast or, or watched something online that's encouraged you, yeah, Moses had nothing of that. He, were, he didn't know anything, but he, he sort of opened the box, okay? He opened the box. And um, I want to encourage you, even despite a feeling of, you know, um, I don't know much, to keep opening the box. Keep expressing your gifts. And I want to just say a little bit more about gifts at this point and just say, don't confine gifts to stuff we do in church. Uh, remember, uh, actually, every gift you have is from God. And um, one of the things we can do, you know, in the church, we often talk about, um, you know, we hear from our missionaries, uh, we celebrate our local outreach, we tell stories of people coming to faith, all that sort of stuff. Can give the impression that if you're in business or you're in education or you're a student or whatever it is, that, you know, that, that giftedness isn't sort of, it's like second-rate giftedness. But actually, it's not. You'll see on this slide, this diagram, the first one, you'll see... That's the one. You know, we, we, we are the church, and we're the people in the church, and we're in all sorts of different sectors. And actually, what the church, when it, when it has this sort of funny view of gifts, it does this on the next slide, and it gets all the gifts come in here, and this is where the gift center is, and, um, you know, it's all the, all the Christian stuff we do is more important, but actually, we're equipped here to go out and express our gifts um, in that sense. Does that make sense? So, so have a healthy understanding of what gifts are. If you're a mum, if you're parenting, if you're setting up a business, if you're studying, if you're in education, you know, you're, you're living, you're expressing God's gifts. So don't have a funny, weird view of what gifts are. So don't be ignorant. Open the box. Don't think, I don't know enough. You've got to just jump in. So I started drawing, and I went to this sort of, um, I went to this drawing class. With, and I, I just thought, oh gosh, that's a nightmare. I don't think I can do that. But I, I went along, and um, I started drawing, and I, I developed this thing called a Fred test for my drawings. Fred is my nine-year-old, and I would draw something, and then I'd show him, and then I'd say, what is it, Fred? And it got a bit tense. I had to stop doing it because I think he started to feel a bit anxious. It's like, oh my gosh, what is this? So I want to do a Fred test with you tonight because uh, despite thinking I don't know anything, I'm really pig ignorant drawing, I'm going to open the box. And so I did these next three drawings. This, are you ready? Do you want to see this or not? Yeah. You know, so this is the next one. So the Fred, what is this? What did you? A mouse. The mount. No, the Isle of Wight, <laughs> that's great. I should just say, yes, it's the Isle of Wight. How did you know? Uh, it's a baguette. 
can't, yeah. So, so, it's not great, is it? But you know what? I opened the box. I opened the box. I had a go. Are you going to open the box? So, do you want to see the next one? Let's do the Fred thing. Here we go. What's the next one? What's that? The Isle of Wight. Yes. It's not. It's any ideas? Desert. You're absolutely right. I told that to Fred. He sweated on that one, and uh, I felt really sorry for him because I did, and and he said that I think it's a river, although I'm not sure. It was actually a desert scene. It's not great, but I I gave it a go. I opened the box. I'm not going to let fear or. Uh, ignorance or a sense of, I don't, I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm going to give it a go. So then, are you ready for one more before we move on? What's that? What's this next one? That's my sister's. It's, let's be honest, it's not a great drawing, is it? It's not. If, I, if you met my sister's, <laughs> John Birch is having hysterics. Shame on you. <laughs> Yeah, it's good perspective. Well, I don't know about that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, what gifts have you got? Now, uh, you know, a, a good teacher is a bad teacher who got better. Yeah? Uh, a good businessman is a bad businessman who got better. Uh, a good person prophet uh, who hears God prophetically is a bad prophet who got better. And you know how long it takes uh, to get good at something, researchers? 10,000 hours. Now, you can do it much quicker in the kingdom, but those drawings, they're not great. They're bad. I mean, I'm allowed to say that. They're mine. And <laughs> they're bad, but I'm going to get better because I don't expect to be an expert, just like, boom. You know, does that make sense? So don't let insecurity stop you. Don't let ignorance stop you. And I'm praying right now that God is speaking to you all about what he's put in your heart because you're full of passions, you're full of gifts. And lots of you have followed them and pursued them, but lots of you have let insecurity or ignorance or feeling you don't know enough stop you. And you mustn't do that with God. You've got to prepare to be, look a bit silly and be bad at stuff if you're going to get better. Is that fair? So the third thing, I don't know whether you spotted it, but the third thing about Moses is he doesn't just feel insecure and ignorant, he also feels uh, inadequate. This is chapter four, verse one. So, okay, so he's still not convinced. God is saying, look, I want you to live this great life. He's like, still not convinced. He says this. Um, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? And um, he's kind of like thinking, I'm going to just look stupid. I feel inadequate. I don't have the resources. And uh, the thing is, between, I'm not going to go through this, but between chapter 4, verses 2 and 9, God gives him signs in his presence. And he says, put your hand in your, in your, in your jacket, and it goes leprous. It comes out. It's fine. He says, throws the staff on the ground. It becomes a snake. God gives him supernatural signs. To, to, to sort of help him recognize that God is with him. But you know what? God has given you supernatural signs. You know, you're a person who is filled with the presence of God. Do you ever think, where is God? What's God doing? Where have you gone, God? I think that he's here. He's in your life. He's in your spirit. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. And he's anointed you and empowered you uh, 
to actually live this life he's calling you to. And I don't know about you, but in my own life, at times I felt really inadequate. I just thought, oh, I can't do that. That's not going to go well. Uh, but actually, we've got to open the box here, and we've got to step out and, and give it a go. And I know you're doing that, but can I encourage you to do that more uh, and more? Inadequacy, that's a killer. Now, the fourth thing Moses struggles with is a lack of confidence. And this is uh, chapter 4, verse 10. I don't know whether you feel like, yeah, life is significance. Yeah, watch me. <laughs> we often don't, do we? we? We lack confidence. And Moses, I love Moses, he lacked confidence. Uh, verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, Oh Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. I haven't got what it takes. I can't do this. And uh, actually, it's clear he's lost his confidence because if you flick into Acts 7, verse 22, this is uh, Luke writing about Moses to the early church. He says this, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. That's who he was, but he'd lost confidence. And he's done that classic thing, I think, which we all do when we think about gifts, is, is actually he compares himself unfavorably to other people. And, you know, it's like he, he sort of thinks, oh, they're eloquent, I'm not. Do you ever do that? Do you think? It's a bit like when you think, I'm going to start running, and you, you look up Mo Farah or someone, and you think, oh, no, I'm not as fast as Mo Farah, or, you know, and, and it's not a good comparison. And it's really, really unhelpful. And so what's interesting is like I go to this art class and my teacher gets me to draw something. I can't remember what it was. And they're coming around and, and they, they, they say, can I recommend this book? So they gave me a book and it's, it's learning drawing from the masters. And I immediately open it. There's like Rembrandt. I'm like, Van Gogh. I was looking uh, and, you know, I'm like, and I'm immediately comparing myself in an unhelpful way. So I just wanted you just to maybe uh, expand upon this. Are you, are you with me, this lack of confidence and unhelpful comparison? So I've got some of my drawings. I've put them next to the great masters. And I, I want you just to, just to see if you can spot which one I did, which one Rembrandt did, for example. Do you, are, you with the, are you with this exercise? Okay. So, so let's try. Let's see this next slide. Okay. No, no, no. I know it's difficult. Take some time. Which one is Rembrandt and which is my drawing of one of my children as a laptop? It's not a great comparison, is it? It's not going to boost me, is it, comparing myself to Rembrandt? Now, should we do this? Should we do a couple more? Here's a couple more. Leonardo da Vinci, uh, he either did the duck or the elephant. That's hard. <laughs> I don't think that's hard because I did the duck and the duck's not great. Do you see what I mean? And finally, yeah, no, 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 let's not. It's all right. It's all right. Now, let's do the last one. Okay, so which... Which one 
is the Van Gogh. Now, the thing is, right, it's really important that you step out into what God is calling you to at this time. And the only reason I show you all that stupid thing is because you mustn't compare yourself with someone unfavorably. They're like this, I'm not, I'm not, they're, I'm not. Because if you do that, this is what happens. And that's tragedy right there. So, I think we'll move on. <laughs> the final thing um, Moses does, he kind of like, just, I just don't want to do it. What do you get someone else to do it? It's like a blank uh, refusal. And this is, chapter, uh, this is chapter 4, verse 13. If I can find it, here we go. This is the verse 13. But Moses said, oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it, not me. I don't want to do it. And um, I don't know whether you ever feel like that, but Moses just didn't want to do what God had called him to do. And uh, God is gracious to him, and he gives him um, some support. He gives him Aaron. And basically, uh, if I can find it, he says this. uh, God is slow to anger and rich in love, the Bible says, but he actually gets annoyed at this point. Verse 14, And the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother, Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform miraculous signs with it. God is very gracious you know, he'll always be with us. He'll always, he'll never take the box away. He'll never lock the box. We can always open it and he'll do what he can with us if it means bringing people around us for us to open the box and express our gifts. And uh, it's community to actually expressing your gifts is absolutely key. Because the church, right, it's, we can, you know, we are a lethal group of people. We are a powerful group of people for the kingdom. We can do extraordinary things through the power of God if we believe in the word of God, the call of God, and the purposes of God in our lives. And I don't mean that in a sort of heavy way, but it's true. But we, we need people who will encourage us, release us, and empower us, who will say, come on, open the box. And, oh, God, that, that drawing was all right, you know? Well done, keep going. You can get better. You can do it. Don't think you're going to be an expert when you start. Just keep going. And can I encourage you to change? Do you know anyone who's really great at stuff in this church who you see expressing a lot of gifts? Uh, I, I'm looking at every face thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. But let's encourage one another and champion one another. And um, let's be people who open the box, yeah? And use this stuff. And you may have, I know lots of you have used a lot of this stuff. You know, maybe you've done some oil painting. But the thing is, there's more, yeah? There's stuff in your box you haven't done yet, you haven't opened. And it's time just to dig a little deeper 
and try some new things, maybe a pen and ink or some brush. Because, you know, if you just give it a go, what happens is you do make progress. Now, I'm not a budding person by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, I've just sort of persevered. I try to open the box, and I, I'm making progress. So if you look at, this is one of my pictures I quite like of the man. This guy was in the library. I thought, that's all right. That's a bit of progress. And um, then there's this other one, St. Paul's Cathedral. It's all right, isn't it? And my favorite one is this one. I'll end on this one. It's a dog. <laughs> That's the Fred test. It's a dog. Do you see what I mean? And so um, are you going to open the box? Are you going to get over your insecurities, that sense that you don't know enough? lack of confidence, sense of inadequacy, and just, are you going to make a decision and go for it? Moses did, and we're studying him years after his death because he did. He just opened the box, and he opened it in the good times and the bad times. He opened it in the confusing times. He opened it in the rather boring times. He opened it in great adversity. He opened it in great supernatural power. He just kept opening it. How's your box?